Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you are listening to Episode 77. The Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to help you with questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. So each week, we put together a podcast where we answer a question that might be on your mind or you might have somebody asking you this particular question because you don't necessarily find the answer in maybe a morning message at church or maybe in Sunday school or maybe in the Bible studies we offer at church. So what we're trying to do is help you to understand things about the Christian life and Christianity by answering questions directly through this podcast. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to answer another question today. It's kind of out there. You've heard this statement. Well, the question is, is what exactly does this statement mean? I've looked for it in the Bible, can't necessarily find it. I, I see things in the Bible that, that point to this point, but what, what does it mean? Well, the question we're going to deal with today is, how can I be in the world, but not of it? How can I be in the world, but not of it? Have you heard that statement? Have you heard others say that? Have you reflected on someone who says, you know what, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it? It's kind of like a t-shirt slogan. And there's really a level of confusion that comes with that statement because it almost if you especially if you if you're new to the faith or you're and you haven't walked with Jesus for a while you're kind of like what what does that mean to be in the world but not of it is that like some kind of metaphysical experience out of body experience where you know I'm here but I'm not here what does that mean and how does that apply to my life well what we're going to do is is we're going to take the question and we're going to approach it with several ways first of all uh, we're going to reflect on where does this statement come from? Okay, where does it come from? And then what does it mean? When I hear this statement, especially when I hear Christian speakers use it, if I see it on a t-shirt, uh, if I read it somewhere, what, what does that mean? And then finally, what we're going to kind of wrap it up with is what does it not mean? Because sometimes this statement is used to suggest some things that really are not appropriate for us as believers. And I'll explain what, what that means when we get to it. So first of all, what does this statement, to be in the world but not of it, mean? Well, first of all, let me just go ahead and say, kind of mentioned it already, if you were to just Google that, in the world and not of it, you're not going to find a direct scriptural passage in the New Testament that tells you that statement. You're not going to find that being attributed to Jesus or being attributed to the Apostle Paul and a scripture reference. What you are going to find is the statement and a whole lot of other verses that are used to support the statement. So let me just go ahead and tell you what the statement is. The statement 
is basically a summary statement of teaching from the New Testament. Did you hear what I said? It's a summary statement of teaching from the New Testament, and especially of teaching from Jesus, which he gave, if you were to look at when he talked about these issues, he gave them when he was in the upper room with his disciples and in his high priestly prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane before he would go to the cross. So these are a summary statement of teachings that Jesus is giving. And we also see what he's talking about here being reiterated throughout the New Testament in the epistles as far as its teaching. So let's talk about what exactly is Jesus teaching here that we have this summary statement that we're in the world, but not of it. So let's take a look at some of that teaching. So first of all, what I want to do is, because I already mentioned it's from his discourse in the upper room on the night in which he was betrayed, as well as in the garden of Gethsemane. So let's go to the gospel of John. The first thing I want to focus on is chapter 15 Verse 19, this is what Jesus is saying in his statement here to his disciples in the upper room. He's talking about them as believers. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. So think about what he's saying there. If you were of this world, the world would love you. There wouldn't be any problems with Christians if we were of this world. He continues on, verse 19, yet because you are not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. All right, so let's just take this statement right here. He's saying because he chose them, that's talking about the issue of salvation. Because they were saved by faith in Christ, he, that is God, chose them out of the world. He took them out of the world, not physically out of the world, but spiritually out of the world. The world as a whole and its system is headed to hell. But God, spiritually, when we got saved, took us out of the world and we became children of God. Okay? Children of God. Let's continue on with what he's saying here. Look with me now at chapter 17 from Jesus' high priestly prayer. Here's what he's praying to the Father with reference to believers. Okay, look with me at verse 14. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Okay, so here again, reflecting on the whole issue of being a part of the world system, which is headed to hell, which is condemned. You and I are not part of that because we are now a part of Christ who has never been a part of the world. So I just want to reflect there. Now, if we go on again from John all the way over to his first epistle, 1 John chapter 5, if we go to 1 John chapter 5, here's John talking about us in verse 19. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So here he's trying to tell you that we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Why? Because the whole world is part of 
the domain of the evil one, of Satan. And we're not of this world because we belong to who? God, through Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is where this teaching, this summary statement, in the world but not of the world, comes from. It comes from a summation of Jesus's teaching, specifically as mentioned by the Apostle John. Now, what does it mean? What does it mean when it says, the summary statement, I am in the world, but I'm not of it? So here's the meaning. When we say that we're in the world, we're talking about that right now, we are physically living in this world. We live in this world. You live where you live, on the street in which you live, in the county in which you live. Surrounded by a world system, which is the world, surrounded by the culture and the direction that the culture is going in, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. So you see, this world is being influenced by Satan. It's under his control. And the people who are a part of the world system ultimately are being led by Satan. Paul makes that point in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll refer to that in a moment here. But you, you're not of this world. You may live in this world, but you're not of it because you belong to Jesus. You've put your faith and trust in Christ. You were saved. And you were, as he said in the Gospel of John, chosen out of the world. He chose you out of the world. Okay? So there's the meaning. The meaning is that you and I are not a part of this world. In fact, Paul, okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Paul reflects on the fact that before we came to Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, which is the point that he makes here in Ephesians. But he's also going to make the point that we were influenced by three things. Now, I'm going to pay close attention to two of the three things. And let me just kind of point it out here. He says, verse one, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. So, and you he made alive, that is salvation, because you were once dead in trespasses and sin. So because of you being dead in trespasses and sin, living in this unbelieving state in the world, here's what he says. You once walked according to the course of this world. That's the first thing I want to focus on. That you, because you were in the world, you were part of the world because you lived according to what the purposes of this world were. You walked according to them, the course of this world. But also the second one I want to emphasize here, according to the prince of the power of this, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Who's that? Satan, who is happens to be the ruler of this world, as Paul would say it in Second Corinthians chapter four that the, he is the God of this world that blinds the unbelievers from the truth. So you and I were, before salvation, we were in this world and we were part of the world. Now because of salvation, we live in this world, this physical world, but we're not a part of it. We're separated from it. And so we're no longer living according to what the world wants or according to what Satan wants. The third thing he points out here, I just want to mention it because we're here, 
is that we, verse 3, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. So he's talking about before salvation, you lived according to the world, according to Satan, and according your, to your own desires. We were children of wrath. But that's not true anymore because we're not of this world. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. And so what's the application now? How do I, how do I take this summary statement that I'm in the world, but I'm not of it? How do I live that out? Because a lot of times I hear people say that, but they don't say how I should live this statement of Jesus's teaching out. Well, what we want to do now is go over to Romans, the Apostle Paul, chapter 12, verse 2, and notice what he says, and do not be conformed to this world, okay, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what's he saying here? He's saying that as you are a believer, you don't want to be conformed. You don't want to go along with the direction the world's going in. You want to be transformed because you're a new person. You're not of this world by the renewing of your mind through God's word. That's how you apply this. When you say that I'm in the world, but not of it, it's basically a summary statement of how you should live your life. You live here physically, but that doesn't mean you live according to the principles and the direction of this world. Rather, you live according to what God wants you to be, because you're not of this world. You're only here temporarily. Now, I want to close with a warning, because sometimes some groups will take this principle, this summary statement, and take it to an extreme. What do you mean by take it to an extreme, George? Well, what happens is, is that sometimes we can get it in our mind, well, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be in this world, but not of it. And so now I'm going to separate myself from everything in this world because it might contaminate me. And so they try to get out of living in this world by separating themselves. And they'll use this to justify just only getting in a holy huddle with other Christians and not interacting with other people whatsoever. And to this, I would like for us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, because the Apostle Paul addresses this very same issue in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 through 11. I'm going to read these to you. Look at what he says here. And, and notice, he's not talking about being in the world, but not of it. He's talking about that extreme where we say, well, I won't have anything to do with the world. I won't have anything to do with unbelievers. I'm just going to be with just Christians. Okay, look at what he says here. He says to the Corinthians, verse 9, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous, or with extortioners, or with idolaters, since you would need to go out of the world. All right, let's stop for a moment. He had told them 
separate yourself from the sexually immoral. He already mentions that point here in verse 9. But he's saying, look, when I wrote that to you, I wasn't talking about the people of the world. I wasn't talking about unbelievers. Because if you're going to separate yourself from the sins of this world, from people who sin, you'd have to leave, you'd have to leave this world. But remember, we're in the world, but we're not of it. So what's he talking about here? That's where he gets to verse 11. But now I have written you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, or an idolater, or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. Whoa, what's he talking about here? Who am I supposed to separate from? If I'm going to be in the world but not of it, he's not talking about me being separated from people who are sinning, who are who are unbelievers. Well, because first of all, you're not supposed to do that because you're the witness to them about Jesus. Well, who's he talking about? Who am I supposed to separate from? You're supposed to separate from Christians who are living as if they're a part of this world. Because they're not supposed to be. Because they're in the world, but they're not supposed to be of it. That's who you're supposed to separate from. Okay? So hopefully you're grasping this summary statement about being in the world and not of it. The Finding Clarity podcast is really an opportunity to try to deal with questions, try to find application, and try to find the answers that you and I kind of wrestle with in need as we live our Christian life, as we try to understand Christianity and where we're at. And as we hear things, what does this mean? And that's true with this statement we just looked at today. There's a lot of ways that you can keep up with the Finding Clarity podcast. First of all, if you're on Facebook, you just simply need to go to facebook.com slash Finding Clarity Podcast, like our page, and you'll be able to keep up with the latest things through your newsfeed. If you have a browser on your phone or on your desktop or laptop, you can just simply go to kerwinsvillechristian.org, hit the media page, and you'll see the link for the Finding Clarity Podcast. You can also subscribe to our podcast through Google Play or through iTunes, simply do a search on the Finding Clarity podcast and you'll come to it right there. Another way that you can get it every week is get our church app. It's free. Just simply go to your iOS app store on your phone or to Google Play and type in Kerwinsville Christian Church. You'll see the app there downloaded to your device and you can keep up with the weekly edition of the podcast there, as well as with all of the other media resources that we have here at the church. Next week, we're going to deal with another question that is, I mean, it's been discussed a lot. You know, I've been a believer now almost 34 years here in a few weeks. It'll be just 34 years. And it's something that I continually hear about, but I hear a lot of misinformation about it as well. And it's something that every one of us is affected by. And every one of us needs to develop a theology concerning it. And so we're going to try to address that question in the next podcast. You say, okay, George, what's that question? Well, the question is, why do we suffer? Why do we suffer? Until next week, take care.